All right, all right. Y'all ready to go this morning? We're still in our series, um, Restore, um, and it's a great series that I, I thank God for us being, being on this morning. Um, but today's title of today's message is called From Rejected to Accepted. From Rejected to Accepted. Y'all, can y'all hear me? Y'all don't know what's going on. From rejected to accepted. I'm going to use this wild spike this morning. From rejected to accepted. All right. All right. Go to John chapter 15, verses 9 through 17. John chapter 15, verses 9 through 17. Scripture reads, As the Father have loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my, my love. Repeat after me. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Say my love. Just as I kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken unto you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this than to than a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I've called you friends for all things I have heard from my father and I've made known unto you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask in my, my father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, love one another. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this message. I pray over the hearts and minds of your people that their ears will be alert to what you have to say to them this morning. I pray, Lord God, that you open up the eyes of their understanding, Lord Jesus, through, my, through this message slash testimony of how you set me free from rejection, Lord God. And I give you the praise, Lord Jesus, that you will increase their understanding, that they may be free in the areas they're dealing with, Lord God. And I thank you for teaching me how to expose my life, Lord Jesus, so others may see how you may work and how you can really change an individual's lives, Lord. And I pray, Lord God, that change occur as they listen, that deliverance occur as they listen, listen to your message this morning and what you have to say. I pray you teach your people this morning. You teach them, Lord God. I know nothing, Lord Jesus, only what you've taught me, Lord God, but you know everything. So I yield my mind and my heart and my lips and my tongue to you, Lord God. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Um, I love you so much, saints. I got so much love for God's people. Um, and uh, I only want the best for your life. Amen. And I've, uh, the Lord has taught me so much. And as a pastor, he has, he has given me an inherited uh, gift or trait. And that gift is to observe. He has really given me the gift to observe uh, and analyze and help people. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17, the scriptures teach us, it says, obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say, for their work is to watch over your souls 
and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. I must prepare you for the future as a pastor. I must prepare you for the future trials and tribulations that you will be going through in your life. The Lord Jesus is your father, and he wants to give you answers through what I teach you. All right? He wants to show you things to come. He's preparing you for future hurts, future circumstances, future trials that, that will transpire in your life. And that's because uh, he loves you. And God already knows the answer for your problem. Therefore, it's not a problem to God because he knows everything. A lot of times our problems is a problem because we don't have the answer. We don't know how to respond. We need Jesus to teach us. We need a solution to our everyday problems. All right? And the message slash testimony that I'm going to give you today is uh, it's going to encourage you today to push past your feelings and your emotions today. To keep you in a, give you energy and stamina to keep moving forward through your test, through your trials. All right? And I'm not here to scare you this morning, but I must prepare you that tests and trials are coming to you. All right? That's just automatic. All right? And so open your heart to the correction, to the counsel, to the wisdom that the Lord wants to share with you today. All right? Let me give you a little bit of my testimony. I grew up a preacher's kid, a PK. Y'all know what that is? Preacher's kid. Daddy was a preacher. Amen. Grew up a preacher's kid, uh, born in Atlanta, moved to Gaston, Alabama when I was around six. Lived in Gaston, Alabama from six to 13 years old. moved to Huntsville. Daddy stopped preaching by then. So when daddy stopped preaching, we hit the streets. All right. We lived in Hunters Chase off Gillespie Road in Madison, Alabama. All right. So out there in Madison, though, it was it was ironic, though, because I remember Restoration Church knocking on our door back in 96, 97. Right. We went to Restoration in Madison one Sunday. In Madison, one Sunday. Back in 96, 97. All right? And then um, I surrendered to Jesus back in 2003 at the age of 22. Then I started following Jesus. At that time, before I surrendered, of course, my life was screwed up. Uh, drugs, all that stuff in my life. I wasn't following Jesus at all. All right. And so when I surrendered to the Lord, the Lord Jesus started leading and guiding me. He started convicting me about things that I never got convicted of. Um, and then he started getting all the sin, the, the sin that you can see out of my life, the sin that you can see that's apparently outwardly. Um, and he got all that stuff out of my life. As I started yielding to him, he started teaching me. He started teaching me. He started leading me. He started guiding me. He taught me how not to smoke no more, how not to drink. You know, he, you know, I had to 
we stop. Uh, I'm like, baby, we got to stop having sex, you know, and all kind of stuff. And then he started dealing with my life. And as I expose my life to you all, I hope that you get something out of it. But after being saved about two years, the Lord Jesus started dealing with matters of the heart. Say matters of the heart. Matters of the heart. That means things inside that you can't see. All right. That means I can put on good. I can dress good. I can act like everything's okay. But inside, Jesus started dealing with stuff from the inside. All right. And one way he started doing that is back in 2005, I was exposed to some teachings through Pastor Scales. All right. These teachings were so refreshing. I began to listen to them every single day. I had two cassette tapes that I absolutely wore out and they were so captivating. He would say strong statements that grabbed my attention. Like he said, he'll say a statement like this. He'll say, I do everything Jesus say. I said, hold on now. Hold on. I paused the tape. I said, what are you talking about? He do everything Jesus say. You know, it almost sounded wrong until I hit a scripture to go with it. He's, and the scripture is this, Philippians 4.13. He says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. All right? So I'm like, whoa, hold on. Now he's, he got, he's saying these powerful statements. And I'm like, yeah, it sounds kind of weird, you know, but they was refreshing. If this is possible, I want it. Another statement he would say, if someone do you wrong and you don't forgive them, you don't know God. I said, what? I would say a statement, he would say a crazy statement like that to get my attention, and I would hear him on the tape, and he said, if you don't forgive them, you don't know God. I said, wow. And then he would give the scripture for it. You know, and the scripture is this, 1 John 4, 7. He says, beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that love is born of God and knows God. He that does not love does not know God. I said, whoa, there it is. That go to scripture that back up the statement. All right. But what was so captivating is that he would say these strong statements and it would grab my attention because I never heard nobody talk like that at that time in my walk. And he said, if you are walking in darkness, you are not following Jesus. I said, whoa, now. He said, if you are walking in darkness, you are not following Jesus. And that, those statements grabbed my attention, but then when I would see the scripture, what Jesus spoke and said in John 18, verse 12, he said, Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And I said, wow, that go to scripture to match the statement again. So eventually, then he said another statement. He said, if you don't know what Jesus say, uh, if you don't do what Jesus say, you don't know truth. And then so now... These statements forced me to analyze myself based on the scripture's perspective and not based on what I thought and what I assumed. Because people who say they just know God, okay, let's analyze that through the scriptures. Let's analyze that through what Jesus taught, through what Jesus said, through what Jesus did. So these statements would confront my life. That means if I was ever mean and didn't forgive, I didn't know God. And I had to be confronted with that. It didn't matter how many souls. And by this time, I was still witnessing the people. I was, I, was, I was telling people about Jesus and 
And, you know, things was, people was begin to, you know, acknowledge me as a man of God. And, you know, I wasn't no longer this man from the streets that used to run with my brother back there. We smoked and drank together. I, wasn't no, I was no longer that man. All right. But then Jesus started dealing with these issues of my heart. He started confronting me. And I'm like, but Jesus, I'm good. I'm straight. I don't do them things I used to do. And he, called, he started confronting areas and matters of the heart. All right? And so Jesus used Pastor Scales to confront me and to mature me into the things of God. But it, was, it didn't feel too good. Amen? Because it felt very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. Because from the outward you can, I can tell you, I'm straight. I'm good. I'm all right. You know, at least I come home to my wife. I ain't out killing nobody. I'm not going to the club. But Jesus didn't care about those areas that I was past and I was successful in. He wanted to focus on the areas that I wasn't successful in. All right. And this is what can be very uncomfortable for people. Is because you get a, a mirror flashed on your heart or a mirror flashed on you from the word of God on how you really are. And it don't look good. It didn't look good to me. But I could easily say, but look, I'm, you know, look at this muscle right here. I'm good. I'm good. Look at that cut all in there. All right. And Jesus would say, what about that muscle along your back line back there, though? Let's get that. I'm like, no, 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 this isn't, this, but th let's just focus on what I'm, what I got going, you know? And I got it under here, y'all, by faith, you know what I'm saying? Don't, don't get it twisted. Y'all got to look at my body by faith, amen? <laughs> amen, it's under there, and I need y'all to believe with me to get it off, okay? Say, Pastor, it's coming off, and Jesus, I said, yeah, yeah, amen, yeah, there you go. Faith come by hearing, keep telling me, keep telling me. Amen, amen, amen. And, um, and then he would say things like this. He says, uh, most people don't know Jesus. They just know about him. And I said, wow, that's a powerful statement to say in front of people, you know. He would say, and I would, I would, but I would, it would force me to either, he said, it, I'm sorry, let me, let me stay on track. Just because somebody done something for you don't mean you know them. To know someone is to know their character or being able to choose what they would choose, being able to emulate them, to know a person's thoughts, all right? To be able to act instead for them is to know them, all right? These statements would shock me. Amen. They would, they would say these statements, they would shock my brain. Just some of y'all know about me. Amen. But my wife know me. Why? She know how I like my greens. Amen. And you don't. Amen. She know me. She know what I like, I don't like. She can get up here and she probably sound just like me, just say some of my words, some of, some of my word phrases. Amen. If you, ran in, if you ran into her in the streets and, 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 and somebody said, I know Jasper, and, 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 and then they start explaining me that I was short, light-skinned, wide, 
body. She's like, no, that's not my Jasper. <laughs> Amen? That's not my Jasper. That's mine a little bit different than that. That must be somebody else, right? Why? Because she know me. Um, but he would say these shocking statements. Then I realized that if I fought him, and the, that I would be fighting Jesus. Why? Because of the statements lined up with the scriptures. All right? And then I said, to me, he sounded wrong from my perspective. But as I started looking from Jesus' perspective, it was right. And we all know that Jesus is always right. Then I begin to rationalize. Either this man is crazy or he got something I don't. And it's back in 2005. All right? Um, and I knew I didn't know Jesus because of my darkness. Because of what I produced. I didn't produce that type of life. Even though I didn't do all the things that you could see in my heart, I still didn't produce the type of life that he was talking about. All right? But instead of making excuses for my darkness and defending the darkness, Jesus started teaching me to acknowledge the sin and follow him in those areas of weakness. All right? My head would want to fight, but my spirit loved what he was saying, what he was teaching. Then I realized that Jesus was teaching me through him. Yes, Jesus was teaching me through Pastor Scales. And as I started obeying these teachings, I started gaining my own victories. And I started doing what Jesus wanted me specifically in those areas of weakness. And Jesus started setting me free from emotional issues, matters of the heart issues, man issues, all right? And Jesus was confronting these areas in my life, and he started getting them out. And here is that testimony. All right. The home is where the heart is. One of the areas of weakness we'll be focusing on this morning, uh, when Jesus becomes Lord over your life, it starts, he will always start at the, at the house. All right. Why do Jesus start at the house? Because that's where we learn most of our bondages growing up. You think about it. Most of your bondages that you learned growing up started at the house. All right? So when Jesus comes into your life, he starts at the house to reverse a lot of things that we learned growing up. Because a lot of our habits and behaviors that we produce at home, we learned them in the house. Right? So this is what Jesus did to me. All right? He started to reteach, restructure, reset a new set of standards. According to my faith, as I allowed him, he started resetting me, retraining me, restructuring my habits. And I know where you are today because I, I used to be there. It is very uncomfortable when Jesus get into your intimate life, when you start getting into your heart and matters of the heart issues. But he does this on purpose to set you free and change you and give you another perspective that you didn't have before. All right? He does his own purpose. It's for your good. Say, it's for my good. All right? So, Pastor Scales, all of a sudden, he started, I mean, not all of a sudden, he confronted me with this new commandment. And in John 13, 34, he says, uh, so I'm giving you a new commandment that you love one each other just as I have loved you. And then verse 35 says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Amen. That's what the scriptures say. Our love for each other will prove to the world that we are his disciples. Ain't that something? 
It's not how much you teach. It's not about how, how many times you go to church on Saturdays and keep keeping the Ten Commandments and doing good works and uh, trying to perform. No, it's something simple. Do I love this brother right here? Amen. Do I love the person across from me in my church service? He says that will win the world to him. People would notice. Man, why do these folks love one another? Why do these folks loving like this? All right? It's not about our titles and how big our church is. It's, it's about do you love the person next that's sitting next to you? Amen? And if you can't, it's okay. It's okay to acknowledge that because now you can ask Jesus to teach you how to, though. All right? This commandment from Jesus started it all. This is, how, this is, my, this is my freedom, and I'm going to give you what Jesus set me free from. As, the, as this message is entitled, From Rejected to Accepted. This commandment from Jesus, this verse, killed me. And brought me to the end of myself. This commandment forced me to a position with Jesus and caused me to either do what he asked me to do. Or don't do it. It caused me to be in a position where I needed to ask Jesus to help me. All right? So what's so different about this commandment? This commandment is very different from the Old Testament. Very different from commandments in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, you had commandments that tell you, and that's the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. All right? And so those commandments forced you to look to your strength to obey them. Jesus don't want you to do nothing in your strength no more. In Christ, the Bible tells us to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. All right? The, he don't want us to do it. The Bible tells us to walk in the spirit and not in the lust of our flesh. All right? The Bible tells us that I can do all things through Christ who what? Strengthens me. So now this is the biggest, this is a big difference from Old Testament because Old Testament just told you what to do. And now the pressure was on you to try to perform and do. It ain't like that in the new. This is a commandment of faith. Why? Because it forces you to believe. Because he said, love one another. As I have loved you. It's easy to love people who love you. But what about obeying this commandment when you don't feel like it? When somebody say something crazy to you. Amen. Now, it's hard for the flesh to do this. But it's not hard for Jesus to do this through you. Because Jesus said, my commandments are not grievous. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That word yoke means teachings. He said, my teachings are easy. All right? It just feel hard because the flesh be whining. The flesh be whining and saying, oh, no, don't do it. You just going to let them get away like that? You know that flesh be, that flesh be trying to preach to you, right? Yeah. Amen. That, everybody got a flesh. You better acknowledge it. And he'll teach you, though. He'll teach you how to overcome. All right? So, Jesus never forces us to do anything from our strength. This commandment is a little deeper than you just trying to go love people. And it sounds like you just go love people. 
But until something go wrong, all that love stops. Amen. We all happy and dandy as long as everything is working smooth. But as soon as somebody cut the eye at you or look at you crazy or say something that you don't like, how much love do you got left? If you will admit, zero. I ain't got much love for you after that. But this when we should tap into God's love. Amen. And so this what happened in my home. This what happened. This heart Jesus started helping me get free from rejection. And a lot of people are looking for a quick fix to get free, but a lot of your freedom going to come when you start obeying. Amen. Many times, this is so good. Listen to this, man. This is so good. Oh, wow. He said, many times our love have limits and give up points. Our love have rules. Amen. Our love or man's love is based on conditions. It's based on feelings and emotions, whether we are going to love or not. Amen? If y'all agree, that's, that's, that's good. When, when things are done and said that you don't agree with is when most people love go out the window. And really, this type of love isn't God's love at all. Why? Because it's based on a condition. The love that we are to operate in isn't ours. It's his love that we as Christians are to move in. Today's message is about his love. It's about how I started growing through this process. So I listened to Pastor Scales, and he would say, if you want to stop being emotionally rude, if you want to be healed from all your emotional hurts and wounds, if you want to grow up and stop allowing others to determine how you will be from day to day, if you want more from God, then you started with the process. You have to start this process with the new commandment. So I said to Jesus, I'll obey, Lord. I'll love like you, Lord. I'll love like you love me. Go to 1 John chapter 3, verse 23. I got something very special for y'all this morning. First John chapter three, verse 23 says, and this is his commandment. This is John writing, and it was John before writing about the new commandment in John 13, 34. This is also John, and he says, this is his commandment, that we must believe on the name of his son and love one another as he gave us commandment. All right, this is the new commandment, but it's broken down. All right, in the right format. Because when you read the new commandment, a lot of times it just sounds like it's, we just got to go love people. But he said, just as I have loved you, now we're forced to see how he loved us so we can love people accurately. If you don't understand God's love for you, you will always love people wrong. It'll be according to your standard, what you see, what you understand, instead of what God says we ought to love. So you need to go study love to see how it is so you can act like it. All right? Instead of assuming we already know. Because most of our teachings that we've been taught is from the world. All right? It's from the world. It's from people who didn't know God. 
All right? We really ain't got taught what love is from God's perspective. Why? Because when God telling me to love like he loved, and then my wife say something I don't like, or somebody say something I don't like, and then God say, but still love them, I'm like, hold on now. I ain't got no love for them. And then God saying, go love them anyway. And then you hear a statement from Jesus saying, you've heard it been said, love your neighbors, hate your enemies. But he said, I say unto you, love your enemies. Hold on, Jesus. Love your enemies? You mean that girl that done snapped and went off on you and called you all kind of bees? Jesus said, I want you to love him. Huh. So what does the commandment do? It brings you to the end of yourself. Because you like, I don't want to, if you'll be honest. You really don't want to, you ain't got no love for your enemies, for real. Not in the flesh. Well, especially if your love is based on a feeling. If that love is based on a feeling, you ain't got no more love. Why? Because this don't feel good, and I'm about to bust you in the face. <laughs> Amen? Now I'm mad. But then God says, my love is a little deeper than your feelings and your emotions. There is a love that you can tap into that bypasses your feelings and your emotions. Amen. There is a love that you can live towards people that can get you out of your feelings, out of your emotions. Stop being mad. Stop being frustrated when you tap into it. Why? Because the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. Amen. His love. I'm not talking about your love now. I'm talking about his. Amen. We talking about his. In order, in order to get taught, in order to tap into God's love, you have to do this by faith. It takes some obedience moving past your feelings and your emotions just because you know he loved you. Now, this is when I hit the end of my road, is when I didn't feel like loving. And it's good, though, because his commandments do bring you to the end of yourself. Or end, let me say it in another word, end of your uh, ability. End of your strength. Amen. If Jesus ain't bring you to the end of yourself, I question, are you following Jesus? I question that. Amen. All right. Let's keep moving forward. The, the new commandment broke down, and, sh and this right here, break it down. In 1 John 3, 23, he says, this is my commandment that you believe. Can we say that? This is my commandment, is my commandment. that you believe. you believe. We ain't even started doing nothing yet, y'all. All right? This is why it's a commandment of faith, because it's something that you choose from within to start allowing the Lord to do in your heart. Then we start doing. All right? But he said, then love one another. But it's something that we need to believe first, especially when we come to the end of ourselves. Especially when we come to the end of ourselves. All right? All right, my, all right so this is what the real time looked like. Say real time. And that's when, you know, you, your emotions going crazy. They said something crazy. You really don't feel like ain't no love, right? So my real-time opportunity started at the house with my wife. Amen. Especially when she said something I didn't like. And this is not a knock on my wife. My wife, say amen, baby, as much as you can so they know we in agreement with this, okay? <laughs> Instead of me, you know, I said, oh, he's talking about his wife. Listen, man, we want to open our lives up to you all so you'll know this stuff real. Amen. 
My mind and all my feelings would point the blame at her because it seemed like she was causing the negative. Now, this is what's so good about this. Listen to this. My mind and my emotions would want me to point my fingers at my wife because it seems like she was the cause of all this negative flood of emotions. Because when she told me no, I would respond in a negative way. She seemed like she was the cause of my inward suffering. It seemed like that. Inside, I felt powerless. I felt insignificant. I felt unloved. I felt, un I felt worthless and rejected. And I felt like she didn't love me. I felt like she was sticking a knife in me and turning it. It was real hurt and pain, and she didn't even know how it made me feel. She was totally unaware of it. How she treated me caused a host of negative emotions to emerge and, and try to control my choices in those moments. Then caused me to confront her and try to make her stop. This back in 2000, 2005. It seemed like she was agitating my hurts but it was really my own insecurities, my own immaturities, my own deficiencies of, of, and the lack of ability to respond like Jesus in these areas. Let me say that again. It really was my own insecurities, my own immaturities, my own deficiencies, and lack of the ability to respond like Jesus in these areas. These times feel real rough to an individual, but Jesus is there with us. He began to show me the teachings that I didn't know him in these areas. I haven't been taught by Jesus on how to respond in these areas. During this time, I'm still telling people about Jesus, loving people at the church. Then I will go home and act like a big spoiled baby <laughs> because she would say no. Jesus began to teach me and set me free. It started with how I perceived myself. The value about myself was very low. How I believed is what Jesus started changing. This was a shock because I thought he was going to certainly start with her. <laughs> and not with me. He started to reveal to me that I was the problem in my marriage. It was me. This was a low blow because it seemed like it was her. This is a shock to go to God about a problem, then find out you are the cause of that problem. That is a shock. And sometimes it's a shock when, people, when I come to people, when people come to me and they counsel me. And see, this is my perspective now, saints. This is my perspective. All right? You come to me about a problem about yo, somebody. Who, I don't care who it is. You come to me about a problem about somebody, and then I, you know, I end up, I can't deal with them. I have to deal with you, right? They at work or they at home or they wherever living their life, and you have the problem. And so I learned that counseling technique through how Jesus dealt me. So guess what? I have to get you in faith. I have to teach you how to forgive and forget, how to notice how much God loves you. All right. So he got me on a quest to find out how much he loved me. In doing this search to be completed by his love, I discovered my value, my purpose. This really set me free to not be so desperate for man's love. 
Y'all hear that? It set me free from ever looking to man and being so desperate for, my, for, uh, for a person's love. Because the world has painted this picture and shaped our minds and molded our thinking to really get love and expect love from people. And I do expect your love from me. Don't get me wrong. But I can't be in a place where if you ain't loving me, I'm gone. I'm depressed over in a corner somewhere, feeling insignificant because some person didn't love me. And we got a God who wants to love you. He wants to complete you. Amen? Um, God, now, I'm on a quest, and I didn't know what this quest was, but the new commandment sent me on this quest because he told me to believe on his name. And then he told me to love one another as I have loved you. So now my search is now to see how much he loved me. So now I have to find scriptures that validate how much God loved me. And what did it do for me? This is what it did. Colossians 2, verse 10, says this in the New King James. It says, you are complete in him who is the head of all principalities and powers. So what does that mean? That means your complete and wholeness is in Jesus. So if you felt, if you're feeling empty, if you're feeling deficient, if you're feeling less worthy than, that is a symptom that Jesus ain't completed you yet. So now my quest is to look to Jesus to complete me and stop looking for people. All right. So my finding my wholeness was my great quest. All right. When the feelings of abandonment, this is so good. Y'all all listen to this statement. When the feelings of abandonment, rejection come to you, you need to believe in what Jesus done for you. But in order to believe, you got to have some scriptures that points to how much God loves you. There has, there has, to, has, to, be, has to be an understanding of God's love for you. All right, because this is the commandment got me. It got me on this quest of believing that Jesus loved me. So when I thought my wife didn't love me, that commandment forced me to run to his love. It forced me to run to the scriptures that point to God is in love with me. God is, he, he has never leave me nor forsake me. All right. So Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says, and this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. When we are utterly helpless, God, Christ came at the right time to die for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an unright person, upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were sinners. Do you know, do, can you take a picture? Let's take a picture before Christ, B.C., before Christ, and look at your worst condition that you was, you was in before Jesus, all right? The worst condition. The Bible says that's when God sent Jesus for you while we were sinners at our worst condition. So God, that's an indicator that God loves you even when you was at your worst. When you felt like no one 
loved you in the whole world, and we was at our worst condition that we could ever be in, the Bible says God still loved you then. All right? So when all those feelings and emotions that come to you that don't nobody love me, don't nobody care, I keep messing up, then that's an indicator that we have to now open up our hearts to God. Lord, would you love me? Would you fulfill me in these areas that I feel incomplete, I feel deficient, I feel like really just ending in all, Lord Jesus? I really don't feel like moving forward in this marriage, moving forward in a relationship, moving forward in life. That's an indicator that you need God's love to be revealed to you. That's an indicator that you need to believe and access his love by faith and allow God to start loving you through what he says. The Lord says to me, you are accepted, and I love you, Jasper. Look at what I've done for you. I love you. Receive my love for you, Jasper. So in my times of weakness, I felt insignificant, felt worthless. And I couldn't run to the pornography. I couldn't run to, why? I'm a Christian. I couldn't run to the drugs. I couldn't run to the cigarettes. I couldn't run to the smoke. I couldn't run to the drink. I had nothing else to love me. So what does that leave me? One option. One option. There wasn't nobody else that can come and caress me right there. I'm married to her. Right? So guess what? This is a great opportunity for Jesus to come in, and we give him an opportunity to love us instead of our stimulants. Instead of somebody. Why? But now this don't feel too good. Why? Because your flesh telling you, but, 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 but. And Jesus saying, I love you. Would you let me? Because he'll never force himself on nobody. He loves you. He'll never force himself on nobody. He loves you. We have to give him opportunity, move past them feelings and emotions. They're telling you to go get whatever to love you. No, don't go. Allow Jesus to love you. Get on your knees. Get in some worship. Get in there with God and allow him to complete you. Why? We need to give him opportunity. Amen? And you all who done came off the streets and got off all those drugs and need a real Jesus, you need the real Jesus, man. Amen? You need someone to replace those stimulus. And Jesus can do it. One area at a time. One area at a time. Give him place. Amen? So the scripture says, Romans 5, 17, For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more, those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by Jesus Christ, the one. It says those who receive the abundance of grace. Those who receive, you have to learn how to be a great receiver in Christ. It says those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. That means God has made you right before him. We got to get a picture on what Jesus has done for us. God has made you the righteousness of God in Christ. How you think you get into heaven? You can't get into heaven unless you're right. Listen, God ain't letting sin back in heaven, saints. How you think you getting in? Amen. Jesus, you listen, let me go ahead and bust your bubbles. You ain't getting into heaven unless you are perfect. Yeah, way. 
That's the truth. Unless you are perfect. And how to be perfect is the question. It's the question. Have you been made righteous? The Bible says that Jesus was made sin. He was made to be sin that we might become the righteous of God in Christ. That means Jesus swapped places with us. I'm over here sin, all sin. And Jesus over there righteous. Jesus standing over here righteous. And I'm over here all sin. And what happened on the cross? He swapped places. He became all sin that I can become all righteous. And think about this when those feelings and emotions come and telling you that don't nobody love you. Jesus had to die by faith. Why? Because he ain't never done nothing wrong. He had to die by faith. That means he, God ain't never knew nothing about death his whole eternity. That's why he was crying in the Garden of Gethsemane because he didn't know nothing about death. God don't know nothing about death. Amen. So Jesus had to die by faith, and we're going to have to live by faith. Why we got to live by faith? We got to live by faith that he, been, he done made us the righteousness of God in Christ. So where did, okay, yeah, them emotions don't feel too good when they treat you bad, but think about this. How are you going to get into heaven? You got to get in there. Jesus got to make you perfect. He got to make you righteous. You ain't getting into heaven in your own strength by being a good person. I hope you ain't thinking about just because you gave to the homeless or just because you've done some good deed or just because you take care of your mama that you're going to get into heaven. You can't get into heaven until you're made perfect. That's why we need the blood of Jesus to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We need the cross. We need Jesus. We need his love for us to cleanse us and to make us righteous and to make us whole. Amen. We can't do it by ourselves, saints. And then you think about this when the emotions come and say, don't nobody love you. Yeah, somebody do love you. And he love you. And he'll never leave you nor forsake you. And the reason you're feeling like that is because you don't know this. We don't know this yet. And we're growing into the knowledge of this. Amen. Jesus came to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. Amen? Therefore, there is nothing to be sad about. So what do we need in our times of weakness? We need Jesus. In our times of feeling like nobody don't love us, we need some scriptures that point to, yes, yeah, somebody do. And when all those feelings and emotions hit in your mind that don't nobody love you, and you need somebody, and you need some drug, and you need some stimulant, that's the time that we smoke and drink Jesus. That's the time we intake what he's done for us. And we have to learn how to thank him. Thank him. Okay, if you received this gift, when the last time you thanked him? If it's a gift, when the last time you thanked him for it? If this is the best gift that could ever happen, all right? When the last time have you gave him praise for what he's done for you? And Jesus forced me into the position. So as I started seeking the Lord, I started showing me, as I said, Lord, how can I get rid of these emotions? Jesus started teaching me how to love my wife, whether she did what I like or not, whether she said what I like or not. And it didn't feel too good because he started teaching me. He said, go in there and cook a breakfast. Now, this is what he told me. I'm not telling you to go cook somebody breakfast and he's going to set you free. But this is what he told me. All right? 
So he told me to get up and cook up breakfast. I didn't, mama, mama cooked breakfast growing up in the house. Daddy didn't never cook breakfast. And then he tell me to get up and cook her breakfast, whether she did what I liked or not. Whether she said what I liked or not. So guess what? My feelings and emotions, but she don't deserve it, Lord. She don't deserve it. But guess what? That my obedience to move past them emotions and feelings is what got my freedom. Because I, as I stepped out and obeyed, despite how I felt, despite all them niggas' emotions, Jesus started teaching me, but I love you. So while in my obedience, flipping that bacon and crying, and I'm a grown man. I'm a grown man crying, flipping bacon. And just because, no, no, but you got to think about this. He was changing me from the world's mentality. Man, I'm a grown man. And she say no, and I'm crying. Why I'm crying? Because I can't do nothing. I can't smack nobody. I can't go drink. I can't go to the pornography. I can't go do nothing. But he told me, focus on my love. Focus on my, what I've done for you. I've made you righteous. So, so he flipping. And yeah, thanking Jesus. I said, thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm flipping that bacon. And then, that ba- then it becomes a habit where I start thanking him for his love for me, fi- flipping that bacon. And everything, all them emotions, she don't deserve it. She don't deserve it. She don't deserve it. But day after day, I started going out of my obedience to Jesus. And then I started getting happy. Why? I ain't going to hell no more. <laughs> so what's my joy? It's moving past if somebody treating me right. If somebody said what they said and I ain't like it, it's moving past all that. Now now my joy is starting to become what? In the Lord. In the Lord and the power of his might. In the Lord. And so day after day, then the joy starts coming. Lord, I get up and cook that bacon. Then I've noticed I was free. I noticed she stopped bothering me. She noticed I stopped being bothered. Then God began to get on her. Now, I ain't have to cuss her out then, you know? But I did have to start obeying. And it set me free. Why? Because he loved me. That's why I titled this message, From Rejected to Accepted. Why? Because you are accepted and you just don't know it. And you might know, it might be a knowledge out there that God loves you, but it ain't hitting your heart yet. Why? When it hit your heart, you're going to run around the house. So if anybody today, as we're closing, do you really know what Jesus done for you? Do you really know what Jesus done? The Lord gave me a revelation of hell, and I got to give it to you. I got to give it to you because it'll, it'll broaden your picture of how much God really loves you. And he said, he started teaching me how to win souls. In hell, have you ever been really thirsty before? Nothing don't do it but water, right? The Bible says in hell, there is a, when Lazarus, was, when um, there was a beggar in hell, and all he wanted was a drop of water. Just imagine being thirsty forever. You ain't getting no more water. There's no, there's, well, your thirst don't get quenched in hell. 
Have you ever been hungry before? Hungry. Many of us never been hungry, but you hungry when you're willing to eat after somebody else's plate. We really don't have to do that here in America, but if you're really hungry, you'll go after, you'll go in the garbage for something. I'm serious. You'll go in the garbage for something. But just imagine in hell being thirsty forever, and now you're hungry forever. Because hell is a place where there is no satisfaction. Hell is a place where there is no God. See, heaven is a place where ultimate fulfillment, there is no lack in nothing. Hell is a place where there is lack in everything. Have you ever been sleepy before? Really tired before? And you had to lay down. I had to go get my sleep. That body starts shutting down on you, right? In hell, there is no rest. Forever. You want to go to sleep but can't. Forever. Now you thirsty? Forever. Hungry? Forever. Tired? Forever. Forever. And now you get no satisfaction? Forever. ain't even got to the fire. But the worst thing in hell, the worst, by far, all I, by far, past all of that, is your conscience. Remembering every time you told Jesus no. Or you just said a little prayer and you really didn't believe on Jesus for real. You prayed with the preacher. Praying with the preacher don't save you. Amen. I'm going to bust some of y'all bubbles. Baptism don't save you. If you die tonight, if you die right out, right out here going, going home in a car wreck, and you went to heaven, and God looked you in the eyes. He looked you in the eyes. And he said, why should I let you in? Why should I let you? What would you tell that holy, perfect, righteous God? What would you tell him? What could you tell him? And according to your answer, he let you in. And think about that answer in your head. Think about it. Because I have many people say many things to me from that question. They take care of their grandmama, auntie a preacher, daddy a minister. I mean, you would tell God that? You would tell God that? We are not saved based on anything we do physically. It has to be a gift, saints. It has to be a gift. If it ain't because of what Jesus done for you on the cross, man, we not going. And I'm trusting in what you've done for me. I'm trusting that you took my sins away. I'm trusting in you 
You can't add to the cross and you can't take away from it. If Jesus don't wash you clean, you're not getting into heaven. If Jesus' blood don't come and cleanse you from all your unrighteousness, he has come to save us from all our sins. He has to save you of all your sins. Not one can be left. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like more information about our church, please send us an email at r4sq.org. Be blessed and have a great week.